climate and sustainability. And good afternoon to you, my friend Kevin James. You are in the midst of hustle and bustle there in Cape Town. How's it going? Uh, absolutely, yeah. It's a beautiful day, yeah. And uh, a reasonable speech by uh, Finance Minister Calvin Gordon. No, certainly, certainly. And a hard one to put together, I can imagine. Sure. Not, not for the faint-hearted. Not at all. Yep, and uh, getting into our discussion here, Kevin, the world-famous heritage site, the Great Barrier Reef off the coast of Australia, is nearing the end of its life due to warmer and increasingly acidic oceans. Uh, this tragic, uh, rather tragic event, uh, you, you'd, you'd agree? Please explain. So really what this means, Ernest, is that for 25 million years, this 2,000-kilometer magnificent coral reef has existed and flourished. And it's only until a couple of hundred years ago that it started uh, slowing down and and has been dying actually quite a fast death. uh. So for those of uh, the listeners who don't know, this is really the single largest living structure in the world. As I said, it's 2,000 kilometers long. It's the only structure that can really be seen from space. It's larger than Britain, and it's more biodiverse than Europe. It's got more fish, more coral, more mollusks, and more biodiversity than anything on the planet, really. And how it works is that the coral has a symbiotic relationship with algae, and that the algae facilitates photosynthesis that we all know turns sunlight into sugar, and the coral actually feeds off um, this sugar. It's the algae that provides such beautiful colors that is the, the Great Barrier Reef has become famous for and any other healthy coral reef system is famous for. Well, the problem for the reef actually started ironically in 1981 when it was declared for the first time as a World Heritage Site by UNESCO and at exactly the same point it experienced its first mass bleaching event. So what happens with mass bleaching is that due to climate change or global warming induced climate change, mm-hmm. the sea is getting warmer as well. And more carbon, um, CO2 in the atmosphere cause higher carbon levels in the sea because the sea is a huge carbon sink just like the land. So that's caused acidification. Now what happens is that the algae starts to produce more oxygen, which in that environment and circumstance becomes toxic and forces the coral to actually shed the algae, which causes the coral to starve and die. Well, this has pretty much wiped out the Great Barrier Reef as we know it. It has lived, as I said, for 25 million years, and it was probably during the last 300 that we could actually say it's been murdered by the human species. So the Australian government has probably been the major perpetrator of this crime, ironically, because it was such a massive tourist destination, but because of their preference with coal um, coal mining and coal power and actually moving coal out of uh, Australia near the Barrier Reef it has also added to its demise. The classic case, I suppose, Ernest, is the rights of our seas. And we go back to about two weeks ago where you had uh, Cormac Cullinan on your show and he was talking about would there be a legal case here that the Great Barrier Reef would have against the human species mm. had it had rights? And I suppose this is really a very sad day in the history of our planet. It, it sounds like it. Now, uh, back home, or at least where you are, the city of Cape Town has awarded the tender for the procurement of its first fleet of electric buses to bolster uh, the very successful My City Bus Transport Service. Uh, this sounds like a step in the right direction, or is it? Uh, indeed, Ernest, this is a very, very good idea. And when I look a bit deeper into it, it's backed up what seems to be a very, very sound plan. So the tender was awarded to uh, a Chinese company, Hong Kong listed BYD. Uh, it's a conglomerate that manufactures electric vehicles and as well as rechargeable batteries. And I suppose endorsed by the fact that Warren Buffett, one of the wealthiest people in the world, is an 8% shareholder of that company. The initial procurement was only for 10 electric buses. So it's more of a pilot and it was... Yeah, 
126 million was paid, so about 12 million rand per bus. BYD also has 51 single-decker buses in the city of London, so it seems they have good experience and know what they're doing. So, um, you know, they want to actually evaluate these buses with the 10 buses that they are actually getting in in relation to how these perform against the existing diesel fleet. But the forecast does actually look considerably better than the current diesel fleet. And the plan is good because... Besides only besides just lowering carbon emissions and reducing air pollution, pollution in the city, which is obviously some of the objectives, BYD has also committed to local assembly and local jobs right here in, back, in Blackheath in Cape Town. So also a proportion of the body content to meet local content and production values, that means much needed jobs, opportunities for the local communities and also bringing new skills into the local communities. But... Besides these clear social and environmental aspects, the business case for the transition is very compelling on its own. The cost of the buses are, are less. The running of the buses are, are cheaper, both in terms of fuel as well as maintenance. There are far, more, far fewer moving parts to service and fewer that need replacing uh, when it comes to electric motors versus the internal combustion uh, motors as well as it, 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 it emits much less heat than the diesel motors as well. BYD is also committed to building refueling stations along the way. These buses have got about a, a range, a refueling range of about 250 kilometers, so they will have to be positioned strategically to make sure that these buses don't end up sitting on the side of the road. Time will tell, Ernest, but once again, it's green economy one, fossil fuel economy zero. All buses will be electric, hopefully sometime soon. Hopefully, Johannesburg and Nelson and Berdella Bay will follow now that they're in the hands of the same government as the Western Cape. Yep, uh, we remain hopeful and optimistic. Uh, Kevin James, we'll chat again next Wednesday, same time. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ernest. Take care, mate. All right. Kevin James from GCX Africa on climate change and sustainability.